Welcome to Mastermind's Parent Power Podcast for parents of children with autism. Learn from fellow parents, professionals, and other individuals who have helped to support, nurture, and create the tapestry of autism support and services. The ultimate goal of Mastermind is to empower parents and provide them with the tools they need to help their child reach their full potential. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you for joining us today. We're hosting Gary Whiteson. Um, from POAC. And Gary is the executive director of POAC Autism Services in New Jersey, which is the largest provider of free training, education, and recreation for children and adults with autism. Gary is a certified law enforcement instructor, and he trains first responders. He is credited to having saved over 100 lives with the training and instruction that he's given to the law enforcement officers. Uh, Gary says that his most important credential is that he's the proud father of 29-year-old Christopher, who has autism. Gary, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Sure, absolutely. Let's get started maybe a bit farther back, right? Did you ever think autism was on your map? Were you, you know, looking it, to work with autism? Is it? I, yeah. I was um, in college, um, president of Psychi, the National Honor Society for Psychology Majors. And part of the program, they took us to all different possible things we could do with our degree. And I remember going to uh, a school, eating um, autism, one of the premier schools in the country, if not the world. And they took us there. And you have to understand, this was 30 years ago. And what I saw horrified me. They had rubber bands on the kids and they were snapping rubber bands on the kid's wrist if they misbehaved. One teacher was spraying water in another child's face. And I'm like, this is horrible. And, and it is. And I'm like, I'm never working with anybody with autism. Let me be a therapist. Let me do you know, something that you know, everyone's calm. So I'm like, I specifically thought I wouldn't work with autism. And you know, um, it said that you know, men make plan and God laughs. Um, so, you know, he had a different path for me. And when Chris was diagnosed, I changed everything. And I can't imagine not doing what I do now. Which you is know? amazing, right? How much things change and our perspective shifts when it's us. But in a exactly. sense, what you what you saw and what you experienced at Eden stayed with you. That, that part didn't change, right? So no, your focus... No. And your your passion is to create an environment that is not punitive, right? Exactly. Something that's encouraging. Exactly. So it's almost that experience that launched you forward and kept you focused in what you were doing to make this world a better place, to impact as many children and adults with autism as you possibly could and their families. Exactly. And the field has grown so much, as you know, in the past 30 years. You know, 30 years ago, I didn't know anybody with autism 30 years ago. Uh, and, and now, if I'm waiting in line with a puzzle piece tie, the cashier has a son with autism, the, the man behind me has a, a niece with autism, you know, and it's everywhere we go. The numbers are, are you know, staggering nationwide. You know, it's 134 in New Jersey currently. I'm sure that number is going to change in a day. Yeah. Now, yeah. But 
you know, the, the numbers are staggering. So yeah, we've we've learned so much. And when I lecture and and we have programs for parents and teachers, and I can tell them what not to do. The reason I could tell them what not to do, because I did that, those things, <laughs> you know, I, I think sometimes we're the best teachers when we learn from our own mistakes. And I've made plenty, you know. Right. And things are constantly evolving. So we have new information. We have more, you know, so many more resources that are available online and, exactly. you know, across the country that might not have been available in the past. We had a POAC get started. And are you, do you date back to the beginning of POAC? I was not one of the officers in the beginning, but I was there from the beginning. POAC started with four parents, four around the kitchen table in Bricktown, New Jersey. Um, 25, 26 years ago, probably a little longer with them realizing there's nothing for our kids. The teachers don't know how to teach. There's nowhere to go. And if you throw in problem behavior, forget it, you know? Um, so they formed POAC and they had two things a year, a conference for teachers and, and parents and a carnival for children and siblings um, with, with autism. And I went to the first conference. I went to the first thing. I was just moved by it. And I don't know if it was one or two years later, I found myself as the executive director of the organization. <laughs> um, and my counterpart, um, Simone Tallini, who's like my co-director, we took POAC from the amazing organization, two events a year, to an organization that has over 300 events a year. Um, and plus- That the number first is phenomenal. Yeah, a, a school year is 180 <laughs> days to put it in perspective, you know? And, and to think that we do all this with three employees is is almost unbelievable. Right. It it only could happen if all three employees were devoted heart and soul because Absolutely. there's so much going on. I know we at Mastermind have attended um, one of your events for siblings and children with autism. So really for the family. Um, and I walked away moved because of the environment, um, the engaging um activities, right? So there was so much available for everybody of all ages and all abilities. Um, there were things to draw in the parents, there was food available, um, but there was such a warm atmosphere. There was a feeling of camaraderie. There was a feeling of coming home and meeting up with everyone again. Yeah. It was really, really nice. Um, I know I wrote up an article and sent it to you afterwards about dancing in the rain. I was so I, touched. I, I remember that article. And <laughs> I know the child that he talked about and the joy of his mother, you know. Uh, it was yeah, phenomenal. It was, very touching. it was a very touching article. Um, we always say a POAC, your family. And that's not a tagline. That's not a sales pitch. Because I have more in common with other parents of children with autism than my two sisters who I love dearly, you know, because I can say to you, if you're a parent of a child with autism, well, well, you know, you know, and all you have to say, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to go in, you know, and, and while, you know, experiences and the children vary, you know, almost night and day from one another on, on the spectrum, there's a thread that runs through and the experiences run through um, for the parents and for the children and the siblings that we're all able to really 
relate. And like you said, where we we get it, and yet it, it's coming home because we feel at home when we attend these workshops and conferences and and recreational events. Which is fantastic. I know we spoke about the first responder trainings. Can you go a little bit into that and explain what the role is, what the purpose is? Why did you think of doing that? Um, Thought about doing it when my son got out of the house, a locked house, and almost died in the lake two blocks away from her home from drowning. Uh, It was because of that incident 25 years ago that happened that just changed everything for me and honestly changed everything for POAC and, and the autism community as a whole. We realized that police don't, didn't know how to recognize and respond to individuals with autism in the field, you know, dedicated men and women, you know, um, wanting to help, wanting to do the right thing, but didn't have the tools or the training. So, we started with police, I don't know, about 20 plus years ago. Um, and then we quickly, quickly realized, well, it's way more than police. Firefighters, EMT, hospital, nurses, doctors, um, CERT teams, CIT, CERT, civilian emergency response, crisis intervention teams, um, national search and rescue. And then we expanded all that. And we're like, oh, what about the parents? You know, (laughs) and so we have a whole program called Autism Shield, which is our umbrella for all of our safety training for not only the first responders and professionals, but for the parents um, and frankly, individuals themselves. So, yeah, the need was huge and it's even more important today. You know, can you share a story of when you know that your training directly impacted and saved a life? We had one, one case in Manalapan, New Jersey. And I was doing the whole training all week <laughs> there. I have to go day after day because a police department just can't have all their officers come out in one day. They have to, you know, guard the town and help uh, <laughs> citizens and plus allow for days off. So often when we train a department, it's over several days. So I was training them and I stressed when individuals with autism go missing, and nearly 50% will go missing in their lifetime. 49% will go missing, elope from a safe location. What's different about someone with autism who goes missing versus someone with Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's, elderly person, they're lost, they're confused, they're not sure what's going on. Sometimes they think they're going to where they used to work or live, but they're confused. Missing individuals with autism are never lost. They're going somewhere. They're always going somewhere. So the way we have to search and find individuals with autism is to know that the number one cause of death for children with autism who who die under 14 is drowning. Almost 90% of all deaths of children with autism is by drowning. The majority, not all, but the majority of individuals with autism have a strong attraction towards water. And if you take an attraction towards water, no fear, real danger, no understanding of consequences combined, you get the number one cause of death is drowning. So I always stress to my first responders, a child, an individual with autism, I'm saying individual, 
33 or 33. We're going to look for that individual exactly the same way. They're missing from this point, this building, this location. We Our search has to be a concentric circle out and hit every body of water as quickly as you can. And not just bodies of water that you would want to swim in, like a, a, a beautiful you know, lake or ocean. It could be a water trap at a golf course. It could be a retention basin behind ShopRay supermarket filled with muck and rats and garbage. Water is water is water. So we have to hit those immediately because we have such a short period of time. And if there's a pool with a six foot high wooden fence that's locked, hop the fence because the individual may be in that pool. That's the story I told. Two days after that training, a 12-year-old autistic girl went missing um, from her mom. Never got out of the house before. If you would have asked her mother the day before, oh, are you afraid of your daughter going missing? She would tell you, no, no, it's, it would never happen. Right. It happened. And the officers not only did a concentric circle out, what, the one officer locked fence, but he knew there was a, a, a pool there because he could see like the pool house above the fence climbed over the six foot wooden fence, found the 12 year old girl with autism naked drowning in the deep end of the pool, jumped in, pulled her out, saved her life. That's wow. one story. And that story has happened over and over and over again, but it's just not the lives saved, which you can't even put a, you know, you can't stress that enough. Right. It's the thousands, thousands of interactions between the first responders we train and individuals with autism, they just go smoother. They just go better. You know, a, a statement that we get from our first responders is that the training we give them is some of the best training they've had in their career, not wow. just on autism, you know, on anything that, you know, we, we teach them behavioral de-escalation, communi you know, communication, techniques, how to, you know, get individuals with autism to respond and follow direction in a crisis, in a crisis. Um, so yeah, it, it's impacting children every single day, every single day and adults. I, I shouldn't just say children, you know. Wow. That's a really, really impressive end result of what happened to Christopher that many years ago, right? So yeah. one, yeah. one scary experience and look what it spurred on a exactly. huge impact on the individuals and their families. And like you're saying, even the first responders, just as individuals themselves, appreciate the kind of approach that you're teaching them, and their Absolutely. ability to interact with people who might look typical, but may not be neurotypical and may have exactly. those challenges exactly. that are not readily apparent. Yeah, that, that's the hardest thing because it's not like you're approaching a child with Down syndrome whose face is dysmorphic, but when you look at someone that looks like you or I, and even if they're speaking, oh, she's talking, she must understand my direction. Not necessarily the case. Um, so that's part of the training, the recognition part. Oh, this person may have autism here. Let me approach things a little differently, a little differently. So that that's critical part of the training. I know that you have a tremendous amount of resources for parents as well. Yes. What kind of support groups do you have for parents who are looking or grappling for something, somebody, a community that can understand yeah. and direct? We have an online, closed online um, support group on Facebook 
called the New Jersey Autism Warriors. They're part of POAC. They're our official support group of POAC. And we have over 8,000 families as members on that, over 8,000. You have to be living in New Jersey and be a guardian of someone or a parent or grandparent of someone with autism. We have over 8,000. And we have um, seven full-time administrators um, monitoring it. We literally get hundreds of questions a day, hundreds. And usually within minutes, there's responses, multiple responses. And it's not so much uh, all boo-hoo, woe is me. It's like, hey, where do you go to get your son's haircut? You know, I need a good, you know, pediatric dentist, or I'm looking for a behavioralist in my area that doesn't have a two-year waiting list, you know. Um, <laughs> Practical so, day-to-day exactly. questions and answers. Eat potatoes, you know, how do you do it? And there is celebration and there is, I'm um, having a bad day, but the vast majority of the questions is, hey, I need help, anybody out there. And as much as you or I may know about being in the field and you know together you and i know a lot we don't know as much as eight thousand moms you know <laughs> i guarantee that collectively they they know more than we could ever know you know i so, love that you said that because we at mastermind also feel very strongly a parent knows their child best and it, you know an educator a behaviorist a doctor may know their specialty best and help you with more techniques and strategies but a parent mm-hmm. will know their child best, right? You know what makes them exactly. tick. You know what's a struggle for them. You know where they're at in a much better way. And being able to connect with other parents who know their child just as well and may have experienced something similar, yeah. may have resources to share that have helped them on a personal level is so valuable, especially to a parent with a new diagnosis or somebody who's looking for support and finally found you guys, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that happens. And it's funny, we've been doing this for so long that right, I had this dad of a, a, how old was the child? 20 month old son. Wow. Who was just diagnosed, just diagnosed. So he called up, you know, frantic. It was, you know, teary eyed, you know, t- tearing up on the phone. You could tell just by talking to him. And I walked him through and I laid out everything. And yeah, you know, he was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I, I, I so appreciate you. And I said, well, how how did you find us? Because I'm always curious how people find us. Sure. And he goes, when I was in fourth grade, you came to my school and gave a lecture on autism. And I remember you. And I remember you talking about your son, Christopher, and how much he loved The Wizard of Oz. And I just had your name, Mr. Gary. I remembered you from fourth grade. Well, I'm like... How old am I? (laughs) (laughs) Children in fourth grade are now coming to me with their children. So it's funny. You never know the lives you you impact. Um, I do the majority of the training at POAC, but the ladies in the office um, who are POAC um, handle probably the majority of the phone calls. And the phone calls are life-changing. Our average phone call is probably 45 minutes on the average. Wow. You know, um, and uh, a lot of just, even if it's like, I don't have to answer for you, but let's be together in this moment and let's talk about the next steps, you know? So it's it, it's pretty amazing the impact that you have that you don't even realize, you know what I mean? I sure, realize. sure. Everything that you do has such positivity and such a forward thinking 
positive twist to it that you can't help but be drawn along. So I definitely hear that fourth grader didn't forget about you yeah. um, and kind of knew where to go, crazy. right? Yeah. Everybody knows Mr. Gary with the orange cap. And when with I was at the cap. event, That's right, yeah. all knew, exactly. The kids yeah. all knew who you were and came up to you, um, recognized you. So uh, it's really amazing to see how that impact can last for so many okay. years. It never goes away. You just never know when it's going to come up again. Exactly. 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 What kind of vision do you have for the future of POAC? What kind of needs do you see need to be you know, met? There's so much. My, I, I always tell people my greatest challenge in keeping children and autism safe, and I say this with love in my heart because I'm both of these things, my greatest challenge in keeping children and adults with autism safe are, frankly, their parents and their teachers because we have a tendency to do this. I'm pointing to opposite directions because my parents and of the more impacted, the more high needs individual, if you would, oh, nothing's happening to my baby because someone I know and love and trust is always with them. You know, it's those Asperger's kids. And I know Asperger's doesn't exist, but the more independent kids, those are the ones, all the problems. And my parents are the more independent individuals with needs, but more independent. Nothing's happening to my child. They tell me everything. Frankly, they don't shut up. It's those kids who can't speak. The second a parent or a teacher feels that about their child or student, you're radically increasing the likelihood that bad things will happen to that individual. And the numbers are not good. Nearly half of individuals with autism will go missing. Um, the suicide rate, one of the largest studies ever on suicide was just done two years ago. And they found out that the suicide attempt and committing for the autism population is three times higher than the typical population. The sexual abuse rate of our females is nearly 70%, seven out of 10. And for those of us who have sons, about a third. Um, it just goes on and on. So it's just not all those other children, those other individuals, it's the entire spectrum. So, our vision um, at POAC is to educate everybody who is autistic or loves or works with someone with autism on what they can do, what concrete black and white steps that could be done today to increase the safety and independence of everyone on the spectrum. So we've done so much already. Um, we've added a whole safety section to our website that people are already using our that safety section because we have training videos on everything from you know water safety, fire safety, elopement, um, hospitals. Um, there's eight different categories and there's all training videos. Everything's free on, on that section and you can watch it. Like drowning, over 2,000 children die in the U.S. every year from drowning, 2,000. If there was a serial killer, God forbid, killing about four children, five children a day, which is, if I'm doing my math, is the number of children who die by drowning. Imagine every single day, four children being killed by a serial killer. Every day for year after year after year. You can imagine how our entire country would be mobilized. Like things would be rad.
radically different. The way if, if you have children, the the way you would go out of the house, the way everything would change. Because God forbid, right? It is happening, but we don't think of it. Drowning, that's just one part of the safety. We could eliminate drowning tomorrow. There never, ever has to be another child that ever drowns again. We could eliminate it tomorrow if we alter our behavior. And, and that's not a like, oh, no, I'm telling you, we can eliminate drowning. Um, so we have the trainings in that and the resources on that. There's resources and we give you the best of the best resources with free curriculum and materials and PowerPoint, like the amount of stuff out there. So that's what we're providing. No matter what your safety concern is or should be, we have the resources and the training already available out there, already out there. And, and that we're so proud of. We're we're so proud of the, the three of us in this office. We've really, our lives are dedicated to making the autism community safer and more and more independent. Absolutely. That's phenomenal. I think it's very clear through this conversation. And I'm sure anybody who calls your office comes away with the same feeling that everybody's in it for the benefit of other people. And everybody's in it with their full hearts, trying to make things better, trying to create better resources, make the world a safer and better place for individuals with autism. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us, Gary. I really appreciate it. Everybody who's listening, look up POAC. It's an amazing resource for individuals in New Jersey. Um, even if you don't live in New Jersey, you might be interested to see what is available in New Jersey. You might be able to tap into some of what's going on. POAC.net. Um, if you want to call, you can call the phone number on the website. Ask to talk to Simone. I know that Simone is very active <laughs> here. But Gary's always around and about. Um, and you'll see him I'm, by I'm event. lurking in the background. <laughs> But Simone and Brittany, Brittany, who runs our our outreach to the community and all of our recreations events, when we go to the events, she knows every single person, every parent. She knows the workers at the facilities. You know, uh, like like I said, we're we're a great team, and we couldn't do it without the three of us. So yeah, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us at Masterminds Parent Power Podcast where we aim to support, inform, and inspire parents with children diagnosed with ASD. For more information on how we can best help your child, check out our website at www.mastermindbehavior.com or give us a call at 732-813-7333. We're happy to help.